you are on the Game Trail Podcast. All right, guys, we have Jason on board with us today. Um, if you guys aren't familiar with him, uh, you can come check him out on Instagram. Jason, what's your uh, Instagram account? It's just Jason Crash. Jason yeah. Crash. and Yeah. If you find him on Instagram, you're going to really be impressed with what you're able to, to locate with your cameras there. I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those hey, uh, Billy hey, Goats are pretty cool. Man, they they got me sucked right in this year. They, I'm I'm all about it. Yeah, I, I um, I guess where'd you get off into getting into the whole game camera thing or trail mm-hmm. camera? So I remember, I think it was like 2015. Like it, I, I think it was like Stealth Camp's first black box. I, I drew a limited entry tag, and and I wanted to make the most time out of you know, all of my, uh, uh, scouting. So I started with that little black box, man. I, I wish I could remember which, which model it was. Trail camps have come so far since then. Yeah. Started just wanted to know what was going on when I couldn't set up with binoculars and, you know, put eyes on them. And, um, I started with two cameras and it, it, uh, got out of control really quick. <laughs> um, how many are you running at any given time you think uh so i got 32 right now wow yeah it got out of control quick <laughs> yeah and i got nolbertson with yeah, me here sorry, jason, he helps I'm... me run the show he didn't really introduce himself but yeah so i'm <laughs> nolbert jason nice to meet you yeah pleasure to meet you as well my man he, he lives south of where i live but we work together so he hits the southern part of the southern part of the state with cameras and okay we try to see what we can find and we have a, the Rio Grande River runs right through the city and then down south mm-hmm. of Albuquerque. And, mm-hmm. uh, we started putting trail cameras up in the river south where he lives and just kind of like random shots. I don't know if you do that, kind of like a crap shot, see if you can find anything in a new unit. Right. And we we're picking up what? Turkey. Yeah. We, turkey, deer. Um, there was a bobcat in there. Bobcat. Havelina. Havelina. Was the javelina was surprising to see that because in our part say there's javelina, but not we didn't think they were that far up the river. Yeah, I didn't expect that. It's more like in the Gila, and we're nowhere near the Gila. <laughs> right, right. And we wouldn't expect that. And elk, there's some yeah. not a lot, but some pretty good sized bulls are walking through, which was very surprising. Where we got those cameras set up, and I don't know if you've had that same experience where you're like, I did not know what was going on over here. You know, I've always looked for that. You know, I've, I've got two cams up. Uh, north of me right now, you know, with the big hub of wolves being uh, coming into Colorado. I've, I've been trying to find them for the past few years, and I've tried finding them, tried finding them on trail cam and nothing. And then now it's made official that they're here. And so that's the one that I've been that's- trying <laughs> try it and hoping to snag yeah. on to but but to your to your point that's what i love about game cams you, you can toss them out somewhere and just random and then like you're saying javelinas are showing up or and just something that's out like you're not expecting you're expecting like this is what's coming through i know what's going to come through and then x pops up and it's man it's so addicting yeah you know <laughs> it, I, I don't think we're quite have that many cameras up but at any given time we probably have like 20 to 25 when we're at like our peak, so to speak. But, um, we have a couple running in the winter right now, which I've never ran through the winter. <laughs> so I'm kind of interested to see what one of them I, I tried to hike back to. And I was like, yeah, I can't plow through the snow. 
But right. I'm kind of curious to see what that one's going to produce here, you know, when I can get back in there. And uh, the winter ones are kind of new for me. I've never really – usually pull them all. I don't know why, but I usually do. See, and I was – I'm on the same thing because I was like, I'm, I'm used to routinely checking them, you know, on a two, three month rotation and just going through them. And uh, a couple of years ago, I started because I always just pulled them out during the winter. I mean, everything is already transitioned out. But then I was, oh, well, what is up here? And it was hard leaving the camera for six to eight <laughs> months knowing you're not going to go back to it. Yeah. And after, yeah. after that first time, you kind of get used to it, but it's hard leaving them for that long. So I'm with you. Yeah, no, it's, it's tough. Um, I don't know about you. I'm sure if, when you, if you're in the, the cam addiction, you do get uh, people on them and you're pretty soon you're, I get paranoid. Like they're going to find them and take them. And, uh, I don't know if you had <laughs> bad luck with that or. You know, it's interesting. I have the worst luck. It seems with, with rifle hunters. And so I get them further away from the road. And I, I know this is pretty stereotypical and <laughs> not <laughs> size. But when I, I, I rarely get people on my cam, but when I do, it's archery hunters and archery hunters have always been cool. <laughs> but if it's, if it's in like a trophy unit, everybody's super possessive of the tags and, you know, picking up, I guess tra- trail cams became super addictive. Uh, everybody's waiting on that point creep and uh, uh, oh, waiting yeah. next time to get drawn. So, you know, you got 15, 20 years waiting Trail cams are a lot of fun to just go out and you're still outside and, you know, putting in time. But I, I rarely get people on there, but you never know. I, I hate getting people on trail cams. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it either. I get paranoid. We the, Last year and this year, I picked up the same couple. They're an older couple. I'm guessing like in their 70s that walked by it twice in the totally opposite areas of a unit. But... And this unit's pretty big. It's mm-hmm. what I imagine the cameras are probably like 10 miles apart. <clears throat> I caught the same couple from one year to the next. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, that's that old man from last year that <laughs> yeah. he stood in front of the camera. He didn't, they didn't mess with, which is cool, but he right. like was scratching his belly and stuff. And you're like, okay, that's kind of strange. Unless <laughs> 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 he just wanted to, I don't know what the deal is, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I've learned to, we've been fortunate, pretty lucky, but I've also learned just, not to put them on the famous water holes. Right. You know, I try to put them on, like, I know where the water hole is, but I, I try to traditionally put them where I think they're going to come in to water on that hole. So that way, you know, your those guys are just jerks out there. Don't mess with them, you know? Um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I've found that most people, they'll, everybody wants, they'll go to the water hole, but after that, they won't do too much more walking than they have to. And so it becomes a game of, you know, you looking at the trails or, or how, how an elk or, or mule deer would use a landscape. And then it becomes more of a, a connected dots and why are they doing this? And, and then <laughs> strike it out a lot of times and figure it out how they don't use it to get some epic, you know, yeah. <laughs> epic, uh, material. And, and like you said, I, I, I don't put them on water holes at all. Just, one, I don't want any people on it or anything like that, but end up finding a lot more how they how they move around and why they do too, which is a lot of part of the game. Yeah, it was funny. We were uh, talking to another buddy of ours, and uh, I was showing him some of our trail cams on my phone, and and I was telling him I was like, "Cause mo- I'm not a 
big camping guy guy. It sounds kind of funny coming from a hunter. I just, you know, I, if I'm out there, I'm on a mission. Either I'm looking yeah. for sheds or I'm scouting and the, the trail cam kind of made it a goal to get out there and get in some weird place where I normally wouldn't go. Yeah. Like we were talking earlier. It's all just gives you a reason to get out there. And yeah. And you start to learn the unit a lot more. Like I said, you get more, uh, aware of their, be- of their pattern behaviors ver- versus, you know, your typical sit on the water spot where mm-hmm. you might be able to catch, you know, deer or elk or whatever you're going after in kind of their patterns where they're, they're bedding to where they're feeding and to where they're drinking. So you actually find yourself hunting them a little bit differently, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I agree with everything you just said. And it, it, it's a fun learning curve too. Cause oh, yeah. a lot of time when, when you're glassing them, you know, it's at certain times of, of the day, whether it be morning, afternoon, you're working with thermals and, and, you know, trying to put it all together. But when you, you're able to leave a, a cam behind and just see them in their natural habitat, start to see their patterns and kind of why they use landscapes, it's, it's fun to put together. It's not just a, yeah, just a one trick pony. It's putting it all together. Yeah. Which yeah. Can uh, quite an addiction. Yeah. We were talking, well, we've so, talked about this before. Um, did you have a, we, I would say when we had some good, trail cam hunting this year but um it seemed real sporadic because we had i don't know about you i'm sure the whole west did we all had a pretty wet winter and water mm-hmm. wasn't an issue so mm-hmm. there was water in areas where there's never been water before and mm-hmm. so i set up cameras in our traditional areas and we weren't getting anything so i had to like mm-hmm. rethink it all because i'm like well here we got <laughs> there's water coming in seasonal creeks that are all running all season now this past right. year because it was so we had such a heavy snow and the mm-hmm. runoff was, I mean, in for the animals, it was good, but for trail camming, <laughs> it made it kind of tough because there was so much water and green out there. It wasn't like your go-to green areas, you know, I don't know if you guys had that same problem or not. You, you know, what's interesting and going back to, you know, how we were talking about water holes. I, I like, I like putting mine on well hidden springs and it seems like the bulls will, majority of of mine if if you look at my page i I mostly follow um elk and um mountain goats around but uh i find that the the bigger bulls they want to hang by the springs and they never really want to come out into the opens and so what made it really tough to, to your point about this how much water we received was that first part of the year they they were everywhere but it seemed like midsummer like with the monsoons not coming in or anything and yeah. nothing being replenished everything eventually came back to their old you know seeps and salt small springs but that first part of the year and, and i mean the snow held late yeah it did and so it was it's it was a slow start to it but after <laughs> when the rains didn't come everything ended up coming back um so I, I, I'm on board with what you're saying. It, it was pretty similar to that. Yeah. And it was frustrating. I'd check them in and it would get frustrated because I'm sure you have that, <clears throat> that problem too, where you pull up and you're like, okay, it's like a Christmas gift and you open it up, <laughs> put it in the SD card reader and you're like, there's nothing on here. <laughs> it was here for two weeks. Now there's nothing on here. Now what do I do? Now you got to think of a whole new spot and first thing you're mm-hmm. scanning on the map, I'm like where am I going to drop this? Sometimes I'm just driving back home. I'm like, you know what? I just pull over. I'm like, I'm going to go right here. And I start hiking back in and, and just try it and see what happens, you know? 
Well, yeah. well Jason, like you're talking earlier about, uh, you know, there's a lot, you know, that goes into, you know, setting up your cameras. Do you have them? Do you just go put them out just to try to catch something? Or do you have a pretty good plan of like where you can pick all your cameras and find out where the animals are going? Does that make sense? Like almost map your map your cameras in a sense. You know, is that kind of how you. So, so <laughs> if it's a new area, I, I typically am going to shotgun an area where I'm going to if like a lot of it I do on Google Earth and um onyx um where i'm gonna look at everything and try to figure out why an animal would be in there and then once i get into the canyon you start looking around looking for a sign looking for that i'm typically gonna shotgun an area and put a handful of trail cams out and then from there deduce by you know um mid-july where I'm going to start rearranging cams to figure right. out what their pattern is and what that movement is. And typically those movements aren't drastic during the summer. They're looking for uh, a place to escape the heat, nice place to get a drink of water, good grazing. And it, it's a really small area, but um, yeah, to answer, if, if I answer that correctly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking for trying to just shotgun and then figure it out and then pull everything back together and hopefully start dialing it in with trying to get phenomenal back back shots with them, stuff like that. With your experience, Jason, do you think it's easier? Which one's the easiest to pattern, elk or deer? I think elk are. They're more oh. habitual than the deer are? Yes. You know, I it's hard, too, because... Um, in the area that I'm looking at, there's not a ton of mule. There's a lot of mule deer, but they're not where I'm at. Yeah. And so I've never really put in the time to follow mule deer. So I can't really, I guess, honestly answer that. Whereas when I'm tracking down elk and following them, dropping cams in different canyons, they're pretty easy to figure out. Yeah. Whereas, all the mule deer that I've got crossing through, I tend to see them every fall. The same mule deer, but uh, why they're yeah. there or not, I don't. I don't know. I've never really looked into yeah. it. it. I don't know if Norbert can contest this, but we catch mule deer not a lot. We catch way more elk than we do mule deer. Okay, and that's a why. I don't know why. I, personally, I think game fish down here in New Mexico has kind of overhunted the mule deer. But yeah. that being said. We haven't really patterned any mule deer. Oh, we'll no. see elk, but the deer yeah, we don't. They're like more nomadic. It seems like you know they'll show I, up, and I'll never see them again. That spot ever again. It's weird. Interesting. You know, I've had the same mule deer. He's came in the last three, four years, absolutely on on a string. As soon as the elk leave, you know, the elk once they hit rut, uh-huh. they're gone, and I'm not going to see them again until end end of october whereas as soon as they leave this same um these same bucks show up <laughs> wow. within days and I, i've never seen him any other time of the year so i don't know i know they're in there i just i don't look for them i guess yeah yeah and yeah i, I can't figure the mill deer out we've tried uh-huh. over and over and we can't it's just like i said they're very nom- ours seem to be very nomadic you know they're just mm. 
you know, sometimes I'll see the buck in the area that I have a camera. Whether they go by it or not, it's a whole other story. And I don't know why they they don't do that. You know, the elk will, but the deer don't. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know we used to hear, I don't know, call it an old wives' tale, but, you know, the elk don't like the deer and the deer don't like the elk. Every now and then yeah. I've caught in some game cameras we've gotten where, you know, you have the elk and the deer with each other, but it's very seldom. And if they are, they're pushing one and out, you know, they're pushing the deer out, you know. So I don't know if that's true. If they like, they just don't like each other. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. I, I have them from time to time on the same camera or across the way from each other, but yeah, I don't know. Not me mm-hmm. angry with each other and being cool. <laughs> yeah, you stay over there. I'm here. Um, I'm gonna jump forward a little bit. Like, how did you figure out, or what got you into looking for the goats? So it was twenty. 17 i killed my uh, mountain goat um uh south of independence pass and hunting them was just i think mountain goats are the most underrated big game mammal <laughs> they're absolutely ridiculous to hunt and just how they live where they live you know 13 14k year round just hanging out in the rocks <laughs> and you know, it's just brutal. And so there's nothing like alpine setting. You get up in the snow, crags, crevices, and just hang out for a day and watch them. It becomes addicting. And it could be the lack of oxygen, too. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was cruising through Instagram. I never saw there, – there's a um, – oh, I can't remember his name. Uh, a guy out of British Columbia that every once in a while I'll see him throw some doll sheep and mountain goat up. I was like, man, I could just cruise down the road, try to figure this out, and uh, ended up just tossing two cams out in some random spots. One of them was um, what I thought would be a good mineral bedding area where they could get away from the wind. Another one was in a grassy meadow that's overlooking this pristine lake, and I just happened to luck out because goats just don't stay places. They're always moving. If they're laying down – they're they're contemplating their next move and so it just become another challenge yeah yeah unfortunately we don't have goat, those mountain goats down here we got uh got bighorn and we were mm-hmm. uh there's a, a canyon that we do know where there's bighorn at um mm-hmm. brian he's at a he's not here right now but his father lives near this canyon he can hear them smashing each other in the mornings right. during the rut and you're like well oh, so we kind of spec'd it out, but the problem is we can't figure out, and you'd probably be able to answer this now, because we can't, there's no trees. So we're like, well, how are we going to set this up? So we're talking over and over, it's kind of a fabricator here. We're like, well, maybe we can fabricate some piece of metal that has like a play on the bottom, put some rocks on it. But then you're worried about someone grabbing yeah, it. Yeah, like, just no, sticking out there like a sore thumb. Yeah, there's it, it nothing out there besides rock, desert rock. Right. These are desert bighorns, so it's kind of... Yeah. You can imagine you got a couple cactus. Of course, I'm not going to tie a camera up to a cactus. <laughs> so it, it, this one, now this is going to be a little trick. <laughs> I've ended up getting tripods and camouflaging them. But, you know, up for mountain goats, a lot of people aren't just going to go traipsing off into the side of the hill just to go. Yeah, that's drink. true. So a tripods are phenomenal because <laughs> you can just <laughs> – you tote them on your backpack and toss them out. 
you yeah. get the perfect angle. You ain't, you don't have to worry about trees or anything like that or the wind blowing, and you anchor it with some rocks. That's been real nice. But if anybody has the, the gumption to go take those trail cams, they've got a nice tripod to go with it. <laughs> they want to hike that high up and see if they can find it. Right. Um, I, we were kind of talking back and forth on the 4Ks. For those guys that are out there that are either interested or running 4K, is there an SD card size that you like to run with it? or What I love about the 4Ks is that you can do the combo settings so you get the video and then you're burst at 3. And it seems to... I don't know the exact model offhand, but it's basically 1080p on the stealth cams. Right. And um, I don't know if you noticed this, but I was putting in a, like 128 gigs in there on the 4Ks because I'm you know, thinking, you know, I'm starting to get into the camera thing. We're like, okay, it's a 4K. It's going to, I need something that I can read it real quick and get all that information in. And it, it worked out just fine. But to me, it almost seems like it jitters a little bit. I don't know if that makes any sense. Like it, like it flutters. And I'm not sure if it's just because there's just so much information compared to the 1080 versus a 4K. I don't know if you notice that, like when you're downloading onto your phone or hmm. looking through it. I'm not talking jittering. It just looks like it's, Hmm. That's the best way I can describe it. Looks like it jitters a little bit compared to it's not as smooth as the 1080s for some reason. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't noticed that. But I the six. I thought I'd read somewhere that it only accepted the 64 gigabyte cards, and so that's the only thing I've ran with. I've wanted to use the bigger ones, but yeah. I've shot away from that because I thought I read it somewhere. But but I, I think you're right. I think it does say that, and I. But we were. I already stuck it in there, and I said it. Okay. And so I came back, and it was. Well, I had it stuff on there, which was fine, which is cool. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I haven't put a 64 gig in there to see if it does it differently, you know. Yeah, I'd be interested <laughs> to see what you find because I'd love to put a bigger one in there and leave it for oh, longer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I The other problem I had with the 4Ks, I don't know if you had this problem with not with the, the elk. The elk, they will find it. And I've come up and I thought people have messed with it because mm-hmm. the door on the camera has been open. I'm like, okay, someone took the SD card, no big deal. At least I didn't lose the camera. No, it's still in there. They have grabbed it and played with it so much, and they've mm-hmm. opened it and everything's muttered up, and they always mess with them. Right. the 1080 ones, they might get budged every now and then, but they, not to the extent that they do the 4Ks for some reason that I've experienced so far. They really mess with those things. I don't know if they make a little bit of noise and it just bugs them or what. I've always been interested. I've never had an elk not find my cameras, yeah. whether whatever it was, from the 42 no-glows, whatever it was. But I've always had issues more with black bears trying to take the cameras. And so I've just, I just started putting everything in bear box and bolting it to a tree and then <laughs> locking it on. Not so much – well, it'll keep people out of there too, but it was the bears were so hard on cameras that oh. I've just lockboxed everything just to keep the bears from <laughs> – I'm, we're the other way around. I um, I started putting them on there because of people. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to... And then the 4Ks were... I'd find them on the ground. But the strap's still on the, around the tree, but they're laying on the ground wide open. That's how much wow. the elk messed with them. And I'm, the first time I set up, I had like... I thought I was pretty stoked because I had like 3,000 you know, videos and <laughs> on that 128 gig. And there landed up being all of the ground, like their hooves cooking in around. And I'm like, oh, crap. That's so that's when I started, you know, buying the bear boxes and lugging them to trees. I'm like, it's just not worth all the, you know, all the hassle of them screwing with them so much. 
Absolutely. It, it's so fascinating, too. Like goats, uh, bighorn sheep, mule deer don't even come around. It's almost like they're intimidated or scared of, of the, the camera. Oh. But I've never seen an elk not come up and touch it. They are always so interested. Hey, you know what? Now, now that you say that, I reflect back, and you're right. I, I don't think I've ever seen a mule deer mess with it. Of course, we haven't really shot for any other type of game. The bears, you know, the bears down here, we've had one sniff it, but <laughs> they seem to just pass right by and not have a problem, which is kind of amazing. You know, I, they don't really, they haven't messed with them too much. We, that's one of our goals is to catch some mountain lions, and I've got one. He barely skinned by it, and that was it. And catch bobcats, but I can't get mountain lions on there. Man, I tell you, lions are one of my favorite. They're they're just so well, they're elusive. Like I, I've never seen one in I've never seen one in person, and I've been out there a lot. You know, I, yeah. Bobcats yeah, if I'd have will see to anything. Mountain lions are my favorite to capture, and it's so rare. And I just there's a couple canyons that I know if I put them in there long enough and I leave them and I don't mess with them and anything, every year I'll capture them on there. But they're <laughs> they're my favorites. Just like you said, they're so elusive yeah, and just trying yeah. to get them on. It's fun. Yeah, this past uh, elk season, we had three tags. My buddy, our goal was if we shot one during the bow season, we put a trail camera on it and see what the heck happens. Like and it. of course, we're all giddy because it's five days into it and. Brian just came. Brian shot one, and we go out there and hoof it all up, and none of us even brought a camera and never went back out. But I've always wondered because one year, as a while back, we went back just to look at a carcass that we had shot previously, like two days prior, and that thing was probably a good hundred yards away from where it was where we left it, and it was picked to nothing. Uh-huh. I mean, there wasn't even a piece of meat on this, and it looked like there wasn't even a gut pile anymore, other than it looked like someone had mowed their grass in this dumped all the grass out right, out right. they ate the lining and everything and i was like what on earth ate this thing <laughs> you know i wanted to see what what hit this right. thing and i would now i'm like man hindsight would have been cool to put a game camera on a, yes. on a fresh kill to see what the heck's going on at night you know <laughs> yep, i always wanted to do the same thing <laughs> um we don't have we do have wolves but fortunately for where we're at in, in new mexico and down the hill it's just a, such a long drive and right. um it'd be cool to catch them on there i know some guys are probably going to cringe at that because the ranchers aren't too fond of the, the wolves down there in the Gila, but right. they're down there for sure. People see them. So I'd be kind of cool to catch and see what they're doing down, down there and sneaking around what they're doing, how far they've made it up North, you know? You're right. Right. You know, and I've always wanted to venture up North and Northern Wyoming, Southern Montana, but grizzlies scare me. So oh, I, yeah. <laughs> we I keep just, talking about putting in for Wyoming and then, you watch those Randy Newberg shows. Like he tells you, like how to put it for the draw. And he's like, remember these areas of Wyoming got grizzly. And it's like, oh yeah, I don't know if I want to do. That. I keep buying points, but I'm like, I don't know if I could do it, man. I just, you see these guys camping with uh, those little alarm ringers around their camps and stuff. I'm like, man, that's a whole nother level of <laughs> you're not the alpha anymore, right? You know, so gonna... I'm just huge fan of it. I just mm, I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah, um, we've heard this is a a story some guys of ours some friends of ours they shot an elk and at night and they were they were saying that there was wolves that were coming in mm-hmm. how true it was i don't know and i wouldn't doubt them but um i know they're down there and there's they definitely starting to take a toll i think on on the elk herd down there in the gila and mm-hmm. of course that's for another debate but um 
I still like to see one, see a couple and hear them, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 They're, you know, I've been around Jackson and I've been in Alaska and I heard them never. Uh, I've, I've seen them in Wyoming. Um, just heard them in Alaska and I, I think they're cool animals, but as far as the debate back and forth, I'm, I don't know where I stand on the, on the line. Yeah. It's there. Yeah. I won't get into too much. Cause I don't, it's a whole yeah. other, I think they're fascinating animals. I, yeah. I respect them for what they are and I think that they're, they're pretty interesting. Yeah. I don't, you know about you, but we, um, mostly antelope, when we go antelope hunting, the way New Mexico does it, or used to do it, actually, they assigned you a ranch. Okay. Like you, you chose a unit, like a group of units, and when you drew, you didn't get to hunt all four, like four or five units they grouped together. They called uh-huh. you up and said, yeah, you're hunting on this ranch. So you right. hunt on a ranch, and the rancher, the ones that we dealt with are really, really cool guys. But when you talk to them, they're like, yeah, I see a coyote, shoot it. Prairie dog, shoot it. You know, because they lose so much to these to to prey dogs in the the holes in the, okay, the calving okay. period, so I understand their point too. You know, you're like, yeah, I understand. You know, right. and I'm sure there's got to be a way to coexist together, but what the answer is, I don't know. <laughs> I know it's their livelihood too. You know, that you're trying to make a living. Right. But, yeah. It's. I don't know. The whole thing. It, it. It. It always comes back to trying to understand the land, and I feel like the land is always correct some way or another and when we get involved somehow somebody has an idea and it's always gets twisted and um ideas get pushed around but ultimately the ecosystem always wins it always knows what's best for it yeah i i have a quote with the guys i always say that nature will find a way to heal itself without us involved at all it always corrects itself somehow without us you know helping out or man i agree with you buddy i do it's interesting they they're trying to reintroduce a lot of the rams in some locations in Mexico. I don't know if they're traditionally found in some of the locations. They're trying to build up the herds, but where they are, they land up having to take out a lot of lion because they land becoming lion food. Right. And I don't know sure if just because we have so many lions were kind of overpopulated, but that's a whole nother deal going on. And then uh, in Southern Mexico where they want to introduce the herd, another herd at uh, we have barberry sheep that, Okay. Uh, New Mexico game fish came back here in the early, late fifties, and they introduced a lot of uh, exotic. And now they're, they're doing I always really thought well. they're wild. <laughs> and as you start looking, you're like, as a kid, I thought they're just wild. That's just what was part of here. And then you find mm-hmm. out that they're introduced. You know, the oryx and the barbarian. Yeah. You got the you know, ibex. That would be a cool one. I, they live it's so far down it's south. Cool. I I would love to get down on a camera or even get to hunt them. But yeah, that's like winning the lottery big time if you get to hunt those things <laughs> i would love that oh i've seen so many videos that's like a want to do yeah just yeah. wish wish list yeah oh even and it's i don't think it i could be wrong it's not even a once in a lifetime hunt so if you're lucky see and we're at it's just a random draw there's no point system so gotcha i know guys when it comes to the oryx hunt they have what they call on range and off range so you can either hunt on the missile range that's a once in a lifetime hunt for everyone mm-hmm um, off range, just like anything else, you could draw it a hundred times in a row. It's crazy like that. It's just it's the way it works in New Mexico. It's just a lottery. So you get there's guys that are that lucky, and that hundred times. But yeah, we have a, a vet. He's a veterinarian. He's drawn mm-hmm. the off range orcs like four years in a row, and he shot one every single time. And I can't. I've been putting it for like seven years and can't draw yet. <laughs> this guy can't keep from drawing them. 
you know? Yeah, I was I was familiar with that one because my dad he he drew the on on, on range. Base. Yeah, the on range, and he got a nice envelope out of, or a nice works out of it. And nice. I've been trying to draw this. I can't draw it. I, I can't draw. It. I'm a resident. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, you know, a lot of guys have, out of state have drawn it. I'm like, God, what what am I doing wrong here? Am I? And then you start you know getting superstitious. And you're like, okay, maybe I'll put in. <laughs> Right away, right when the hunts come out, or I'll do it at the last second, or you know, I do all sorts of weird things trying to figure out how to this random because we're just random, so it's not like a point system where you know where you stand, you, you just don't know what's going to happen. It's so, and it's literally that random, <laughs> you know. I've always liked that for some reason, instead of everybody point creeping and you know, drawn up to 20, 30 years where you know, in units that <laughs> I don't know, in my opinion, aren't worth it. I always just, I don't know, maybe just was in awe of at least if you put in you know that you have a 50 50 chance yeah yeah even after time goes by you're like ah, maybe it's not i don't know (laughs) i know we've talked to a lot of guys from out of state and the more and more i hear about the point system i'm like and i'm working the point system up there in wyoming and i'm like okay well i'll no i'll start buying points and putting in because you still have it what is like 25 percent of the tags go to random draw Mm -hmm. and so you you know there's always a chance you could draw it but usually you don't Right. Um, I think us and Idaho are truly the only full random states. Right. Uh, and you're right. I always tell people, especially out of staters, I'm like, don't shy away from it. You get your money back and you'd be surprised. There's a lot of dudes out of state that draw nice tags. Right. And right. in New Mexico. And I'm like, put in, there's no point system. So is, there's no, you could draw it. You could draw a really covenant unit. There's guys mm-hmm. that do it a lot, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And, oh, well, you know, firing our points one by one (laughs) (laughs) for the other states. (laughs) Same, same. Um, How did that, I, for guys that don't know, uh, Jason entered in the South Camp had a, was running like a a fun contest for, you know, best video slash, you know, whatever you call it, photo contest. How'd you do that? I know I was trying to rooting for you. Yeah, I ended up getting first. Oh, you did? Okay, cool. Yeah, and you know, it was... It was <laughs> Tough competition? Rough. Oh, it was rough, dude. It was rough. You know, and uh, it was weird, too, because there was a lot of awesome, awesome pictures that had oh, like yeah. one or two votes for them, and there was a lot of videos that or pictures that I was like, eh, well, got about a thousand of those. Yeah. But I was surprised that... The the ones that I thought would were strong contenders, they didn't have much love on them. It's yeah, fascinating yeah. to see how it all works. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I just I run with what you've rung. Yeah, yeah. Well, got it, this sweet goat just shed all of his winter yeah winter yeah. coat off, just standing in front of a lake. I'm like, we'll see what happens. Yeah, no, those goat videos. I mean, when I started seeing them pop up, I started telling Brian because he knows where those this can that we're talking about but those desert bighorns hang out and we're like we have to figure it out and it's funny we were going up there wanting to see where they're out kind of scouting and see where we can pull this off and look for sheds it's not really a shed area but we do find sheds in there from deer and elk in there it's a really it's weird country but we're you had to go through a bunch of gates and we do have permission to go through some private property get across into this back way we call it and so i'm opening up the gate and locking it back up and i I hop back on the quad and Brian he's holding his hand up like you know that old don't move there's game and I look up to see what's going on I see a bunch of you know gray coats but I'm thinking deer 
I'm like, oh, yeah, I heard a deer. I'm like, oh, no, those are bighorn. And they're about 300 yards away, and we spotted them. And they walked right past us like 30 yards. Didn't care mm. about us, didn't look at us. And you could hear them chewing and rocking. I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. It was, it was, I was mystified by the whole, uh, I've never had that happen before, especially with wild game. Um, it was pretty cool. But uh, it, it's like I say, you're inspiring. I was like, how are we going to do that? I want to pull us off so bad now. Because <laughs> I'm like, if, if he's getting mountain goes up at 14,000 foot, we can get bighorns yeah. over here at 5,000 foot, you know? <laughs> you know, and, and that was to go back to that question. Like y'all were asking about, you know, finding elk and trending them and how do they move through there? Mountain goats and desert bighorns are the most frustrating animals to get on, on trail cam. I, I've been trying to get desert bighorns butting their faces oh. <laughs> off for four years. And all I can get, I'll come back to the camera and I've got 20 videos in six months and I'm like, Oh, cool. And <laughs> you get there and it's like five views passed through like yeah. two days after I was there, then nothing. And I, I can't figure it out. I, I get, you know, cool videos of, of um, herds of ewes and their lambs in the spring. Uh-huh. I can't figure out where they rut anything. I'm just, I just, you, you've already figured out where they're at. Yeah, just get the cam up situation. I said we were trying to, trying to get an over here, trying to fabricate, you know, something to hold it up because there, there's not a, there's not even like a juniper bush to put stuff on. <laughs> I mean, it's very sparse where they like to hang out. They like that rock stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what they eat. There's barely any grass, you know, some yeah, nasty I, country to be an animal. <laughs> that was that was my secret. I just packed a tripod up there and anchored it to the earth with uh, rocks and rope and just yeah. hoped. Yeah, I think kind of hearing what you were saying, the area that we know these guys like to hang out, it's not, it's not on everyone's map to go. Like, that's where I want to go for a hike, you know. Right. Let's take the family and go back there for a picnic because during the summer it's blazing hot back in there. And oh. it's nasty. And where you do start getting into some vegetation, it's cactus. Yeah. And you land up kicking something. I mean, there's no way out of it. You're going to kick cactus out there because there's just so much of it. So, yeah, may just shoot out and do something like that because I don't think it's going to get taken. I think it's just it was crazy enough to go back in there and, <laughs> and put a camera <laughs> up, you know. And that's what I think. That's how I think. Man, I'm locked in. I can't wait to see what y'all find. Now I'm interested. Now I'm involved. Yeah, yeah. It, it, <laughs> Engaged. Yeah, I mean, his uh, Brian's father, like, says he hears them smashing each other. I mean, he's close enough to where he can hear them. Like, dude, that'd be cool itself, just hearing them smash each other, you know. Yeah. You watch, like, when I was a kid, I don't know, dating myself here, watching Marty Stafford, I think it was. Yes, he's watching yes. the Rams smashing each other, and that's when I got fascinated with those things. I'm like, those things are so cool, <laughs> smashing each other up. Yeah, I love them. I just... I like the the deserts because they're more accessible. The uh, those Rocky Mountains, they I don't know. They live in them and goats. I don't know. They're they're ridiculous. But yeah, I think during the winter too is where where all the deserts desert bighorns here in Colorado. It uh-huh. barely snows, so it's fun to chase them. Gives me something to do all winter, waiting for the snow to melt. Yeah, gotcha. I it's weird out here in New Mexico. The bighorn. The Rocky Mountain bighorn, typically in two places. You got them up in the, you know, Pecos. Well, it's not a city where they're at. It's once a lifetime draw. They're up there in like Pecos Wilderness and uh, 
Wheeler Peak Wilderness. You know, you're talking not quite high as Colorado. They're 13 footers. Um, yeah, 13, 14. Yeah. And then you get down, then they have, I don't know if you heard of like the gorge area, near Taos, New Mexico is down there and the, they call it the gorge. Right. And it's sagebrush. I mean, if you couldn't see the gorge where the, where the river runs, you would never know anything. You're like, yeah, there's nothing down there. And this gorge pops up out of nowhere and drops 600 feet and they're everywhere. Yeah. They love it. And you're like, yeah. I, I don't get it. Like, yeah, you got these Same. big old mountains and over here. They're in the nastiest rocky sagebrush area that you could think of. It reminds me of Wyoming. You're just driving through, and next thing you know, hundreds of bighorn sheep. You're like, well, that's not how I pictured it. <laughs> I picture you picture more <laughs> like the the romantic uh, was the Maron Bells up there in Colorado, and that's what you picture in right. the background. Yeah, that's exactly. what you could think. <laughs> They're just hanging out, having a great time, licking salt off the side of a vehicle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Have a great time. <laughs> I know I had a a friend of mine. He'd go horseback riding up there in the Pecos, and I guess they're really salt deprived. Mm-hmm. And he said they'd come over like dogs, looking mm-hmm. for the chips. He's mm-hmm. like, you could feed them chips right out of your hand. They'll eat, they'll eat the whole bag out of your hand, apparently, <laughs> if they I get close it. enough. Yeah, if you could ever find you a mineral lick on the side of a hill, you're golden. Yeah, and with the bag, you're <laughs> it's easy. Yeah. Um, how do you do? Do you have like um? How do you keep track of all your cameras? Just using Onyx maps or using GPS and just marking them? Yeah. So <laughs> that's eventually what it came to. When I spent almost an hour and a half, two hours walking around the side of a mountain, <laughs> trying like I know it's here. Yeah. And then maybe somebody's messing with me, and then I finally found it. I was like, man, I've got too many cameras, and my mind's not right. I've got to start tracking it. And so I, I like that Onyx map, uh, Onyx app. Yeah. Man, that uh, off grid, it's it's magic. No, oh, yeah, it's it definitely. It was funny. It definitely makes things really easy. But I, sometimes mm-hmm. I still roll up, and I'm like. I, I land up walking through. I'll catch myself on camera looking for the camera. And I'm like, how in the heck did I pull that one off, man? I knew it was a tree. I even take pictures of the tree before I leave. You know, make sure I have it on. The, I find the right stupid tree. Like the aspens throw me off. I put it in an aspen grove area because aspens tend to like, you know, how they look exactly alike. And that's where I usually get lost. So I'll try to look for my aspen trees. <laughs> right. right. Um, no, I do the same. Most of the stuff I'm, I'm in is, you know, pinion juniper. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. same. I've walked many times by it and then come back to it and watch me walking by it going, good Lord. Yeah. Oh, I'm already cussing up a storm because I figured it's gone. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God, I know I put it on this tree and I'm raising heck and I look over and I'm like, Oh man, I'm dumb. That's <laughs> right here. <laughs> Thankfully. Thankfully. <laughs> Thankfully. Yeah. Um, this passing with the, with when we were talking about the wet, you know, the, the really heavy snows that we had and everything that helped up green up the spring, um, I had cameras problems this year where I put it in like in a meadow and I'd come back a month later and the grass, it's gone off like 300 times. I'm like, sweet. I look at it and half of it's grass is, it, you know, the grass went from, wow. you know, ankle height to pasture hip within a month. I'm like, holy smokes. And so wow. I'm having to lift it up higher or look for a whole new place. Cause the, the grass grew up too fast, you know, it pushed it up that fast. Yeah, I, I was soaking wet all summer, I think, <laughs> walking out of the grass fields. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've always been worried about that. You get back in one of those, you know, um, milk thistles or something like yeah. that is just blowing in the wind and takes all your battery life. It's yeah, cool. yeah. I, I in the winter. I mean, I know you. I don't know how often you've run during the winter. Um, do you find that it uses because of the cold that zaps more power out of the out of the the batteries or not? So a few years ago, I was very curious about the difference between alkaline and lithium batteries. And so I put two cameras next to each other on a fence post where I knew the elk were wintering. Uh And one of them, like I said, had lithium. The other had alkaline, no difference. Same camera model, everything. Put them there. uh, Came back a month later. The uh, lithium was only down to like 96%. And the alkaline was like at five ten percent and both of them had 400 videos on them okay and since i did that trial i've just gone straight lithium i know it costs a little bit more but i've never had a problem with batteries since then okay that's something i gotta remember i usually buy the costco bulk pack of regular old you know kirtland brand which i don't know what brand they use but um i did notice i one camera that i was running it i've been running i checked it where i could still get to it without going through too much snow and mm-hmm. yeah, it zapped it bad. Like it was down like 40% and it only had like maybe 20 videos on it. And yeah. so I was like, oh crap. So, and I didn't bring anything with me. So I just shoved it in picture mode thinking hopefully to extend the battery out, you know, cause the videos no. I would imagine take more power. Right. That's what I'm yeah. thinking is. I, all I do is those lithium energizers. I won't put anything else in there because, okay. you know, going down all the Canyon stuff, it's miserable going down there every month. If I'm dropping a camera off, it's usually two to three months before I get back to it. And with the alkalines, I was going in there monthly. Oh, and it was, yeah. It was rough. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, this last year I tried, we ran, we did actually, I did ran some cameras last winter and I ran them. That's funny. I ran them in this transition area where because mm-hmm. of the snow, they, they got pushed down really far. The elk did. And I wanted to see if they were packing on the way up or not packing. That way I knew I'm like, I need to go further down looking for sheds or anything. I was actually like shed hunting with my cameras. See, I was hoping to see one shed right. I want to catch. That's another goal. I want to see one popping them off right in front of the camera. You see a couple of those. You're like, Oh man, that's so cool to get on there. And we had this one bullet. He'd come up every now and brush. I don't know what he, he wouldn't eat or anything about it. He'd brush the, it was a Ponderosa with his rack and you know, it looked like it was snowing, but it was just all the the pollen coming out of the, the Ponderosa. But okay. he, that was it. Then he disappeared. So I have no idea if they shit in there. I don't think they did. We looked right. hard, but we found an old white chalky and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Unless someone else beat us back there, which I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> but that didn't work out like I wanted it to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I. It, it's funny. We, we all have like these, um, um, like must get, yeah. you know. Uh, uh, pictures or videos and it's funny to hear those i love it well i'm sure i may follow the same guys like we did a podcast and i'll follow him too as ryan tuttle he's out of utah shoot yeah no yeah. ryan tuttle ryan tuttle ryan carter there's yeah Matt, I, they're solid dudes yeah i follow you and those two and there's another guy and i wish i i feel bad for not knowing his name offhand but i think he's out of uh I want to say Washington because you always see it looks oh, like Adams, Jason, Jason Snyder. Yeah, yeah. Jason. He has like uh, you always see like Mount Adams or something in the background with snow on it, and he's got like a an elk running by, or he gets a lot of coyotes. I noticed, but 
Yeah, Jason, I think it's Schneider's. Yeah, and yeah, I think Jason. he actually, I think he'll even put him like saw like right into tree stumps, won't he? Stuff like that. Yeah. But it's cool. I, for people that are listening, if you, for good ideas and goals, follow these guys and you'll have new goals and, and ideas and stuff. Like we started following you. I, I was like, oh, he's got, I first started noticing the goats, not the goats, but the, uh, uh, the Rams. And that's when I'm like, okay, let's try and do that. I mean, like you said, you just start, you know, checking off the checklist, like, oh, okay, I got a Rams. Uh, this one. And right. <laughs> one of ours is this, uh, I've never had a club bowl before. And this yeah. past season, I, I threw that 4K in, into picture mode. I wish I would have had it in, in uh, video mode, but we had a club bull come by with a big old club hanging off his head. And it was pretty cool just to get in there. I was like, all right, there's another one. Check box. Check box. <laughs> Got a club bull finally. <laughs> you know what? I, I will say the thing that I love about Ryan Tuttle is it completely changed how I viewed trail camming because it like instantly you know went from um, not just appreciating the animal in itself, what you're chasing, but actually putting a photo together of this, th- everything that it is. I mean, yeah. what, are we, like, what are we actually out there doing? You know, we get, to yeah, what see, are we doing? <laughs> we get to see the coolest stuff and nobody gets to see it. And I mean, sometimes, you know, you don't really want people to see the background or anything yeah, like that, yeah. but Watching Tuttle and Ryan Carter put it all together, and and then even Jason uh, Schneider, yeah. and I'm like, okay, you can literally put this all together and come out with this this picture that you can hang on your wall, and yeah. it's something that it's just it's cool. Yeah, and it, no, it, it is cool. The yeah, and I can't say enough about them. And shoot, man, even the stuff that you're posting up, I love watching it. I I like it. It's, yeah, I, I like. I enjoy it all. I can't wait to see like, you know, what you guys have in the, the, the back pocket there. And I'm like, what else? Okay. What are they going to pull out this time? You know, <laughs> where are they going to post? And you know, and how, how much are they sitting? How much stuff are they sitting on? You know, <laughs> they're holding, I know they're holding back. <laughs> they're all holding, yep. No, it's funny too. And there's, there's bulls that I will not put out until, you know, two or three years have gone by. And I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> now it's time. <laughs> yeah. Now it's acceptable. Yeah. I had a, I don't know if you get this a lot. I'll, I'll, uh, the locals usually like I'll post and someone will DM me and say, Hey man, I got that bull. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't velvet. He has them hard horned out. And I, I run New Mexico trail cams and that's all New Mexico stuff for the guys that are listening. It's all New Mexico stuff out there. So that way, if you're coming down here to hunt, you know what the potential is out here, <laughs> but mm-hmm. a buddy acquaintance, we've become good friends. He sent me some videos to post on there and I'm like, Oh dude, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I-, I can, I can tell in the background, there's some, stuff in the background like people i mean i noticed it right away i'm like i know exactly where this camera's at but i can't do it because right. other people there's enough people that'll catch on to it and right i'm not saying i want to ruin a spot it's not like a super secret but i you know i just guys have their spots and i think right. that should be their spots you know i'm trying not to you know it was just too much revealing you know there was enough signs there you could figure out where, where this camera was at you know and i'm like i can't do it i'm <laughs> sorry but <laughs> yeah you know i'm the same way you know and and there's there's a guy last year that um I've been trying to figure out this spot to hunt these bulls that i was like and i just can't figure it out well <laughs> this, this guy he he came in and and uh he he ended up being one of the first people that were on one of these trail cams and i was like oh, okay I, the gig's up he's figured it out <laughs> and so he'd follow me or i followed him either way and about a year later 
like we play pretty coy about it and then he ended up being just a really cool guy and uh, just think the world of him and his family ended up doing really well backpacking archery hunt last year and i at first i was pretty like oh no jealous of it <laughs> being there but i got a lot of you know i was i was, I was happy for him i was like yeah. man out there they doing it the right way good on them i'm i'm happy yeah, yeah. you know yeah. They, I, I didn't know that i'd feel that way initially i was i was pretty jealous but to see success in other hunters i was like good on them absolutely <laughs> well it's funny i feel like sometimes i'm scouting for other people because <laughs> we have a friend that he owns an outfit he's been running for a couple of years now an outfittership and we were working with him and he's like yeah eric um my guides see you out there I'm like, Ooh. well, yeah, because I got a union sticker on the back of my truck and it sticks out like a sore thumb. They're like, yeah. And they'll call him. It's like, yeah, we know it's a fire fire because he has a union sticker in there and they'll send pictures and stuff. And it's like, oh, yeah, he's harmless. Don't worry about him. And he basically <laughs> told me, he's like, yeah, you're scouting for me. It's <laughs> like, I know where you're at. <laughs> so I'm like, eh, but it's fine. And it's funny because he keeps a secret and I keep it a secret. He's like, I tell him, leave you alone. Don't worry about it. And hey. I just wait to your post. I'm like, all right, thank you. Because <laughs> he knows where I'm at. He sees yeah. the truck, the guy sees where the truck's parked at and they, they can more or less narrow it down. He, he's been guiding this, these couple of units a lot. So he knows, he already knows where to go, but he, it's like confirmation for whatever it sees <laughs> I post. He's like, okay, thank you. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Eh. So like we have like a, a mutual understanding. Like we won't say nothing, but if I need help, just call me and we'll figure it out. You know, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I can't draw the units to save my life, but, um, one day I will. And I'm going to, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> hey, I like it. I get yeah. it, man. No, I, I get it. That's cool. It's funny because one of the areas that we like to hunt in, we draw pretty often for elk. It's just too far us to get down there and put a camera. It's like a good solid four hour drive South of us. And mm -hmm. I'd love to get cameras down there. It's just, it's a, that's a long drive. I, I don't mind doing like two hour drives, but four hours is, that's a rough, I got to stay down there at that point. I can't just flip around, you know, I'm sure you're committed. I, yeah. You're committed at that point. I wouldn't doubt myself if I would turn around and come back up, but I don't think my wife would be too happy of making a, you know, yeah. four hour drive and hiking for two hours and then come back for four hour drive back up. She's like, you're crazy. You just stay down there for the night and yeah, that's that's how my goat cams turn out. Oh. <laughs> I'm taking my wife, we'll go and stay in town, go have a good time. But <laughs> I'll make, yeah, I'll do like this uh, where I get a lot of my cameras out. We do this big, I call it like this big loop. And I loop, I call it the back road to Santa Fe. And um, the deal is we'll go out and eat in Santa Fe. And on the way though, I get to check the camera. So I'm running through the forest as fast as I can so we can get into town so we can have dinner. <laughs> as long as I do that, she's fine checking cameras. <laughs> I'm trying to read, listen to a podcast or read a book because I'm sitting there huffing it up down trails and stuff trying to check the cameras. And <laughs> yep, <I've laughs> she knows it's an addiction. Yeah. Make a picnic out of it and they like it. <laughs> well, Jason, I want to keep you up too much longer. We kind of, for people that are listening, we kind of, this little late and Jason's probably got work tonight. I'm assuming. And no, you're good, man. It. It's, it's fun to finally catch up to you. I follow all these cool people. And, you know, usually it's just, you know, um, just communication DMS and all that stuff. So it's nice to catch up and chit chat for a while. So I appreciate your time. Yeah. Like I said, I thank you so much. I've been wanting to, um, we kind of stopped for about seven months just cause yeah, just life happens, you know, Nothing right. horrible, but just life happened and 
kids summer and things get crazy and we're trying to get back into it and hit up people that we wanted to get you know in the past and then you're on our list to, to get on here <laughs> and we if you you know i'm sure you won't say no but it, you know find a better time another good time and sit down and talk more about cabinet and see how things are going and maybe get more detail into sd cars and which ones worked and which ones didn't work for you and stuff like that a lot of guys oh, like sure. it, you know it, I'm sure for you, for me, it's kind of like a trial, hit and miss. You know, you start off with the eight gigs and you find out that if you put that in video <laughs> mode, that's, that's almost enough. worthless. <laughs> not enough. Well, yeah, that and batteries, there's so much to it. Yeah, I'd love to chit-chat with you. I definitely want to catch back up to you later and see how y'all did with those desert bighorns. Now I'm invested. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see how it happens. I'm, we'll see. <laughs> like I said, I didn't think they would be as nomadic as – you, you seem to be more familiar than we are with them. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens here. I don't think they have too many areas of water. So that's the only thing we have going for us is they don't have, but I don't know how they are in water. If they're like cactus, you know, they can go a long time without water or if they're, they need it pretty regularly. I don't know. And they, find I out. they're nibbling on cactus just having a time. I, yeah. I'm, you'd be, yeah. I think people are surprised on what they can get away with. Like, you know, this during the monsoons and all that stuff, if you get a nice wet grass elk. Mm-hmm deer don't even have to water and they can get all their moisture right out Mm -hmm. of the grass and you start to realize that especially if you've ever hunted in the west in the monsoon season and -hmm. you walk through the grass and you're soaking wet from you know the knees down (laughs) you're like oh yeah they didn't have to water because shoot it's all over the grass (laughs) you know (laughs) every morning that dew's built up on it yeah yeah yeah. it gets pretty crazy with the once they it's past season it it like kicked in then it stopped and then it got really hot yeah, you know. and it just stayed hot until October. Yeah, I, I don't know how the elk were where you're at, but on our elk hunt, it was it was just so strange. Like we've hunted the unit four where the the whole unit will be on fire at the same time. Mm-hmm. This unit that we were hunting in, you'd have one mount where they're going crazy, and then other side of the unit they're still battered up. Yeah, this past same. summer, and I don't sure if it was because of the heat or it's just you know what. You know, there's a hundred theories on why they start the run. Who knows why? You know, everyone has our theories why, but it was just, it was definitely different this year from past years. You know, I agree with you. They, they stayed longer in places that I didn't expect them to stay as long in. Usually places that they transition and just bolt. They hung out and they were completely fine and content. I'm like, what? I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. Why am I even out? (laughs) I know this, this past elk time was. It was fun because we were getting into the elk. It didn't, we either have like really, really good days and we have, you know, really bad days. I mean, we still saw elk, but it just wasn't as action packed as we were hoping, you know, and we, I don't know, it wasn't frustrating. It was just weird. Yeah. I can't say frustrating. It's just weird. Like, I don't, I couldn't understand. Like, literally, like two ridges over, they're bastard up and then the mountain we're on, they're bugling and they're kind of going off into their bedding areas. And we're like, I don't, I don't understand what's going on here. <laughs> I can glass them like two hills yeah. over and I can see them. There's not a cow elk with them. Mm-hmm. And on this side, they're, they've, they've heard it up already, you know, and it just was, a, at least in the unit that we were in, it was very odd. That's for sure. But yeah, so it's part of learn. it. So much to learn. Yeah. And we always, for us, we <laughs> like going for that first one. Cause I like kind of like being the, the pick of the litter, so to speak, even though that never really happens. But right. I want to be the first dude in there to, to say I blew him out of there. <laughs> and so that <laughs> you take a gamble on that first, uh, that first archery hunt is either they're on fire or they're not. Yeah. 
And yeah. It, it sucks is. when they're not. <laughs> yeah. But all right, Jason, we're going to let you go. I know you got to, you want to go to bed. And, uh, You're good, man. No, it's a pleasure talking to you, Eric. I, I, I appreciate the time and getting on your podcast. And yeah, man, anytime you want to dial it up again, I'm your guy. Yeah. Uh, hold on for one second.